Father, today we say the name of Jesus. Today, Father, we say the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your power, your strength, your overcoming, your might. Father God, we just invite you today through the name of Jesus Christ into this place. Come with your power. Come with your healing. Come with your deliverance. Come with your presence, O God. And allow us, Lord God, to hear your voice today, to be strengthened today, to be changed today, to be taken up into that place with you, Father God, where we know all is well, no matter what the eye may see or the ear may hear. Take us there today, Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak in any way that you would wish to speak to us this morning, in any way that you would want to direct us or show what it is you want to do this day. Father, we pray through picture, word, scripture, thought, or feeling, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. We just give you this service. In Jesus' name. Matthew 26, verse 28, Jesus said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Love. The Lord say, I am love. And you are made out of the image of the Lord. Therefore, you are love. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Or have you found love? in any way, any form? Or have you lost your first love? Jesus said, I'm the wine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from his love, We are just one of one of those in the world. We are made of his image. Therefore, we are love. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? There's that statement about forgiveness again, forgiveness of sin. It really is the foundation of the faith. Everything depends on it. Everything stands on it. If we don't believe 
that we are forgiven, if we don't believe that we are loved by God, then let me tell you, an awful lot can slip away underneath your feet. A lot can. And, and maybe there are some that have lost that first love. It's, it's not an unknown thing. In the book of Revelation, in those letters at the beginning, it says, it talks about one church, I forget which one it is, returning to its first love, right? And so that's a possibility that that can happen, that we can kind of move away from that. Does anyone resonate with that this morning? Does anyone have a sense of that being something that can happen or may have happened to you, that you can actually move away from your first love? And Father, we just pray this morning for our hearts, that Father, for those of us that may have moved away through the difficulty of life and the difficulty of circumstances and the difficulty of how life is going, that Father God, sometimes we can lose that first love to, Father God, maybe what we do and who we are and how we are has got in the way of just us loving you and you loving us. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, revive that in us this day. Revive it in us, O God. And help us to know that first love once again. Father, we thank you. I mean, all kinds of things can come against us, can't they? And they do. Boy, do they ever. Um, And it always seems to want to take away your faith. It always wants to make you think that God's not with you. It always wants to make you think that this is the last pitch and you're going down. It wants to make you think that nothing is ever going to work out in your life and nothing is ever going to happen. And that is completely contradictory to the Spirit of God. Completely contradictory to what Jesus came to do in our life and what he died to give us. The resurrection was not some kind of a metaphor of something that might happen. The resurrection was the power of righteousness over sin. And that's what God has put in your life and he's put it in my life. That we have this righteousness from God which gives us access to the full power of God. And your life is not finished. My life is not finished. No matter how much we feel it, no matter how much it comes on us. And some of us are facing really tough stuff. But the fact of the matter is that we have the righteousness of Christ on us. And therefore the resurrection power lives in you and lives in me. And it allows us to walk in a world that is sometimes desperately against us. And I'm not talking just people. I'm talking spiritual. How many have really been in spiritual warfare where you felt every fiber of your faith being tested? Everything you believed being tested. Everything you knew about God being tested. Everything you felt, all of a sudden you have no more feelings for God. You have no sense of being attached to God. You have no sense that he is walking with you. How many have had that? Okay, we've got some Christians in the room then. That's what we've got. Because that's what it looks like. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate that. And any sep- anything that tries to separate me from God, I hate But nonetheless, it is the walk we walk and it is the world we live in and it is the battle that we are involved in. But today I'm speaking over this church life, the life of God, that the enemy is not going to come and steal what God has in store for you or steal what he has in store for me or steal what he has in store for this church. We stand in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, whatever that looks like, and it may not look very pretty. It may not look so profound. It may not look like you're riding on the horse of victory through the mountains of the glory of God. It may look like you're just hanging on with your fingernails. But God is saying the resurrection power is in you and it's in me. And as we believe, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the key thing there is to keep walking one step in front of the other, one step in front of the other. 
We don't judge the whole journey all at once. The journey is one step at a time. God is good. Whether we see it or not, God is good. We've been talking about, well, we talked last week about healing. And uh, we prayed for some people last week. Has anyone had any improvement at all in what was prayed for? One? Anyone else? Not the chap, two. You know, another one. Healing is one of the great mysteries of the Bible. It's one of the great confounding mysteries of the Bible. And it depends on who you're talking to as to how it's going to happen. Which makes, because it seems every time that we try to get some kind of a, a system down, God comes along and does it a different way. He's very tricky that way. But I, wanna, I, I want to just do a little bit of reading today just to give you some examples of healing because if you don't hear about it you're not going to believe it now we can read the stuff in the bible and you read the stuff in the bible and we read it with a filter and the filter is that that's what jesus did or that's what the apostle paul did or that's what peter did who am i well apparently you're the same as peter and you're the same as paul They did not have an exclusive amount of the Holy Spirit that you did not or do not have. We all have the same Holy Spirit. How much of it is released in our life, that is a different thing altogether. And that is something that, you know, changes with time. It varies. It really does. Um, How much we're releasing of it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's just... One of the ways that healing can happen is through word of knowledge. And word of knowledge is an interesting thing. Again, different definitions for it. We are a church that believes that the Holy Spirit speaks and the Holy Spirit moves. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 8, it says, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Some translations will say wisdom there. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of Special knowledge. 1 Corinthians 14 and 6 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown tongue or an unknown language, that's what the other translation says, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. So what Paul is saying there is that the gifts of the Spirit like, Pentecost didn't happen just so that we could speak in tongues. That's, that was not the purpose of it. Though that was the outcome of it at that instance, and it is most prominently in the New Testament, it is the outcome. But it is a sign of something that has happened. It's a sign of an infilling. There's also other scriptures in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, and in the New Testament writings, which show that when the Holy Spirit comes down, people will start prophesying. Or they'll have some kind of a distinct change. Uh, Stephen, who was the first martyr, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was prophesying. He was preaching. That's not speaking in tongues. And that was just before he died. He was filled with the Spirit. So the text says. So that filling can, can cause many things. But what the one primary thing it's meant to do is to give you power over sin and over the world. In the sense of whatever comes against us, it gives us the power to go against against that and to walk against that. And Paul is saying, this is what we should really be looking for. If we all go and just speak tongues, well, that's not going to do anybody a lot of good, really. Unless there's someone in the group that interprets, and then what comes forward? A special word of knowledge or wisdom or something, and then it's good. That's the gift of of speaking in tongues. But the definition, and looking at Randy Clark, and I'll be referring to him a lot, that's the book I'm reading, and I just want to kind of go through that book and pick out the things that I think are probably interesting and important for us. He says, a word of knowledge is a revelatory word in which God shows what he wants to do or provides an answer to a problem. It is revelation from him, nothing you or I figure out on our own. 
It is information that reveals his will and or his uh, knowledge. When you get a revelation about the will, intention, and timing of God, he uses it to create the next gift, which is the gift of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I am not ready to say that a gift of faith has to follow a word of knowledge or is totally based on it, but I am ready to say that a gift of faith often follows a word of knowledge. These two gifts really do work well together. For those that are just joining this week, Randy Clark is probably one of the foremost in the world on miracles and healings, and he has quite a ministry over the last 40-some-odd, 50-some-odd years uh, in it. Um, So he has a lot of experiences that he's drawing from when he says that. And when he's talking about a word of knowledge in that case, in healing, you many have been, many that got a lot of tread worn off their tire have been around Pentecost for a long time or around the healing uh, situations or whatever, you may have seen someone say, I feel somebody has something wrong with their elbow. This is the way that Randy often works where he'll get a sense someone's got a pain in their head, someone has got uh, something wrong with a leg or something like this. And you say that. Well, guess what happens to the person who has the pain in the leg? What happens? What goes up? Ah, their expectation to get healed. As soon as they hear that word of knowledge, ba-ba-da-boom-bing, all of a sudden they go, well, I guess God wants to heal me today. And I would think he probably does. That is why that is happening. And, but often, once we, once we get kind of distant from God and we stop expecting and we're not listening what happens is we miss those little words of knowledge we miss them we just wave them off it was just something and i'm not uh, that doesn't mean anything but it does mean something if we are intentionally listening some biblical examples of word of knowledge jesus knew where philip was in john 1 47 to 50 as he approached jesus said now here is a genuine son of israel a man of complete integrity How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. He had a word of knowledge. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Is that all it took? But see how his faith rose? Because there was this word of knowledge. And I'm saying this to try to encourage us that we don't don't get kind of, uh, what's the word, lazy about this. If we want healing to come and to have a, a real move in our church for healing, amongst other things, we're, we're seeking Jesus more than anything else. But, of course, we want the resurrection covenant promises also, and one of them is healing. But there are certain things that need to happen in order for healing to happen. Uh, sometimes God just does it, but also there's a part that you and I play. And we're just looking at a few of those things today. Also, Jesus at the well. John 4, 16 to 18. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. So Jesus said, how many know the story of the Jesus at the well? Someone who doesn't know it. He's walking along and he goes to a well. Everyone leaves to go in and buy some food in Jerusalem. And he's left there with this woman. And he starts talking to her. She says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. And we think that's just something that was happening today. Right? It's been going on a long time. This isn't just something that Hollywood stars go through, Zsa Zsa Gabor and Liz Taylor. But this, and uh, so many of you don't know who those two people are. (laughs) And that's really sad. Maybe good in one way, but sad for me. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. Sound familiar? I'm going to live with someone to see how it works out. I'll tell you how it's going to work out. In probably one to two years, you're going to say, I don't want to live with this person anymore. That's how it's usually going to work out. And then you'll say, well, we're not married. It was just an arrangement. You certainly spoke the truth. 
Jesus saying, you certainly spoke the truth. But he had a word of knowledge. And, and we know what happened there. The woman put down the, the jug and said, okay, let's, tar- let's start talking spiritual stuff. She went right to the spirit. And she said, you Jews say that we should only worship in Jerusalem. But we Samaritans, remember the Samaritans were a mixed breed? Because when the Jews came back from exile, the people that were already there from Assyria mixed with the Jews. And the Jews were mixing with them. And because of that, the Jews in Jerusalem said, you know, you're contaminated. And they really had a bigoted opinion of them. But she instantly went into it and said, what's that all about? You say we have to worship in Jerusalem. And we say we worship here. And uh, what's the deal? You're saying we're wrong. And Jesus said, darling, daughter of God, a day is coming when you will neither worship in Jerusalem or here, but you will worship in spirit and in truth, which is what you and I are doing when we're in our car, when we're in wherever. That's We're worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Well, that was Jesus. Well, let's look at Peter. Peter knew that Ananias and Sapphira had, because it turned into a competition. Boy, it turned into a competition pretty fast, didn't it? They were back in those days. If there was need, because 3,000 people got saved all in one day, and that was only one day. What was happening all the rest of the days? There were all these people being added to the church, and they needed to be supported. So they, the disciples started giving out food and stuff and feeding people. And other disciples and believers would come and give a, sell something they had, give it to the disciples, the apostles, and, and away you go. Well, Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a piece of land, but obviously there was a competition going on because they didn't want to give all of it. They wanted to keep some of the money. But they didn't want, but they still want to look like they were giving a lot of money. So they came, and Peter asked, is that really the amount of money that you paid for that field? And yes, that's the amount of money that you're going to give. And yep, boom, they dropped down dead. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? See, we have to let Satan fill our heart. We have to let that happen. He's going to come and lie to you, and he's going to come and lie to me. I have a doctorate on the enemy lying to me. I have a doctorate in it. And and most of us here do. We have no problem hearing the word of the enemy, the lies. It seems that channel is very open. It's the other one, hearing God, that gets all clogged up on us. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to give it away. You could have given us half. You could have given him whatever. Just say the truth. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us but to God. Isn't that a sobering thought? Listen, you're not in a competition with anybody else. You don't have to be holier than somebody else. You don't have to look better than somebody else. God loves you just the way you are. He accepts just what it is that you give for your offering, what you give in prayer. He accepts that as it is. Will he offer you the ability to go further and deeper and expand your borders and to be able to be more of a blessing and and have more of knowledge of him and more? So absolutely, he's going to do those things. But you don't have to compete with anybody. And if you're weak or if you're broke or if you're whatever, then you bring that to God with all of its honesty, with all of its embarrassment if if you have such a thing or whatever shame or whatever it is. Don't ever hide from God. He loves that part of you. He loves your brokenness. He loves the, the part that is not finished yet. He loves all that stuff because it's you, and he loves you. It's a gift. It's a gift. Father, let us receive it today. Let us receive that today. Word of knowledge, you can sometimes think them, and here's where we'll get into some wonderful examples. 
Sometimes they come as mental impressions. The thought of a particular part of a body or of a particular illness pops into your mind. Such thoughts may be there for a split second or alternatively they may just repeat and repeat. So that's what might happen. You might come into a service or into a prayer meeting or you could be, uh, we'll see something later on. I won't say about it now, but you'll have that sensation. You'll see it. You'll see it happening. And when you see it, that's for a reason. God is showing. And you say, well, what if it isn't God? Well, what if it is? And you'll never know until you say it. That's the great trick. God never says, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You might feel it in how many, when you get a word, you get that nervousness in your stomach. Yeah, 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 yeah right. And you go, oh, I don't know. This is God. That's the way you know it's God. Because it just feels like if you don't say something, you're going to blow up. Second, you know, throw up, preferably not. Or you can feel them. Sometimes they come as pain you experience in a part of your body. You might be in a situation where you suddenly experience a pain which you know isn't yours. Randy once felt a quick jabbing pain in his left eye. He shared that he thought there was someone who had something wrong with their left eye. Immediately, a woman stood and said, that's my eye. (laughs) I'm losing sight in it and now only have tunnel vision in it. Randy prayed for her and she was healed. And the reason she was healed is because a word of knowledge came and it lifted up her faith and it caused her to believe, well, that's me. And if God wouldn't have done that, would she have had faith for the healing? I don't know. God might have healed her anyway. But obviously, he did it this way. Sometimes you can see them. They come as mental pictures. Randy describes this as an internal mental picture, a split-second fleeting visual image like a daydream. However, some people have them in the form of an open vision. We hear that all the time. That occupies the entire field of vision with everything else disappearing from view. The words of knowledge can also come in dreams. In a dream. Randy tells the story of one of his interns called Annie who had a dream. This is very interesting. Had a dream of a large box falling on a man. She then heard three pops. However, she was not confident enough to give it as a word of knowledge the following day. Sound familiar? We're all pretty human here. There's no superstars in healing. There's only people who are willing to be vulnerable and and fearless in the sense of saying, I feel something. I sense something. Nevertheless, she was praying in a meeting for a, a queue of people, and she was one of the people praying for people, and she still never had the courage to say it. But she was praying for a line of people, and a man told her that his back had been broken in three places after a large wooden box had fallen on him at work. Her faith was encouraged. He gave her the word of knowledge. He confirmed it, actually. And she told him about the dream, and his faith was also encouraged. They prayed for him, and he was healed. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. And one of the great mistakes, and I'm going to say this honestly, one of the great mistakes we have made because we have turned church into an industry is that we think you have to go to some faraway land to see some far and big and huge minister in order for this to happen. And it's just not the case. The same Holy Spirit that is speaking right now in a 10,000-person seat, seated church in the United States or Canada somewhere, is the same Spirit that is here right now. There's no difference. The same broken, fallible scared to death, doting people that are in that church are also right here. There's no difference. They don't have some kind of special dispensation. They are the same as you, and you are the same as them. I am the same as you. We are people all just trying to find our way. So God has these wonderful examples of how it can happen to encourage our faith. Healing without any manifestation. Once when I, this is amazing. Once when I visited, this is Randy speaking, 
visited a church where one of my close friends was pastoring, I prayed for a man in a wheelchair. He had contracted AIDS through a blood transfusion and had ended up in hospice. That's the tail end. That's where they put you to die. At the point when I met him, he had been given only a few weeks to live. I prayed several times for him, and none of the manifestations we have been talking about occurred. There was no word of knowledge, no vision, nothing. I've had this happen enough times that I know better than to base whether or not I think someone got healed on the manifestations alone. We don't need a manifestation. It's great when it happens. But in this guy's case, I really did not think anything had happened to him. When I went back to that church eight or ten months later, however, this big guy came up to talk to me. He was not tall, but he was built. He was healthy. Do you recognize me? The guy asked. No, I really don't, I replied. Do you remember a man in a wheelchair who wore a patch over one eye? I said, yes, the guy was seeing double out of one eye and he was close to dying of AIDS, I said. What happened to him? That's me, he cried. I'm that man. I didn't feel any better. This is very interesting. I didn't feel any better the day you prayed or the next day or the day after that. But on the third morning, I woke up feeling stronger. Soon, I was totally healed. The man at death's door got healed without any visible manifestations at all. We need to be careful not to put so much emphasis on God's presence being tied to a certain manifestation that if they don't happen, we don't believe he is healing and we don't believe anything is happening while we pray. You see what God's saying? Don't get hooked into anything needing to happen. Other feelings people may have when it comes to healing. Sometimes people do not feel any manifestations, yet they still are aware that something is happening. They might not, they might not feel heat or cold, electric energy or peace, and, and many of you have heard of those things happening to people when they're being prayed for. But what stands out to them is something different that they're not feeling. What they are aware of is that they are not feeling as much pain, right? And that is making all the difference to them. When that happens, thank God for it and bless what he's doing. So sometimes you say, okay, how are you feeling? Well, the pain has subsided somewhat. Well, that's good. That means something's happening. And then you pray again, and maybe something else happens, and you keep going. Here's one healing through a dream. Here is another interesting illustration of the connection between revelation and faith. Through a gift of healing, a woman near Brazil, uh, this city in Brazil, I can't say the name, was healed of stage four terminal cancer. A friend of this woman with cancer had a bizarre dream. The friend was handed a coin in the dream and was told that when she met the man whose name was on the opposite side of the coin, her friend would be healed. When she turned the coin over in the dream, it had the name Randy Clark on it. My name is not a Portuguese name, and this woman had never heard of me before. A few days after her dream, however, while she was driving through the city, she saw a flyer with a name on it, Randy Clark. It was announcing a meeting for healing that we were about to hold. This woman, who had the dream, came to our meeting, bringing her young friend with cancer along. The sick woman only had a few weeks to live due to her cancer, and when the two of them told me the dream, it created a gift of faith in me. I was so confident that the woman would be healed of cancer that even though there were no indications of anything happening when I prayed, I persevered. I kept praying for her healing for over 20 minutes before the first indication of God's power began to touch her. When God's power finally did touch her, it came with such intensity that she began to tremble and shake hard enough to bounce up and down on her seat. All the organs in her abdominal cavity were full of cancer, and so were the bones in her thighs. The heat in her legs was so intense that when she got up from her seat, her clothing underneath was wet. She was healed in a highly unusual manner. The heat and power would come on her for 15 to 20 minutes, and then it would stop for about five minutes. Then the cycle would repeat all over again. She went through six cycles of healing that night. God heals. And that is just the tip of the iceberg of how God heals. And today we're just talking a little bit about word of knowledge and about the idea that you might have a picture, you might have a feeling. And I know I've been saying that to you, but we really need to get serious about that. 
We really need to walk into church every Sunday with a, an intention and walk all week saying, Father, is there something you want to show me? Is there something you want to show me for this coming Sunday? I mean, sometimes we just stagger through the week and just get ourselves into church. I don't think that is a, 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 the, I don't think that's really the nesting ground for revelational knowledge. For some reason, I don't think we're going to get great words of knowledge in that state. But if we come with an intention and say, Father, is there something you want me to bring to the service on Sunday? One came with a song. One came with a hymn. One came with a word, whatever it might be, right? And if we go through the week and say, Father, is there anything you are doing that you want me to know about or pray about? And then... Just let it happen. And we come in and you say, well, you know what? This week, I really had this weird dream. Anyone have a weird dream this week? Okay, God's not working through dreams. And let's go to the next. But if you just allow yourself to be open for that, then guess what happens? I guarantee you it'll happen. That you will have some kind of an indication, something... Maybe not right away, but down the road. However, I believe God will give it. Sometimes through just a thought. Sometimes it's just to pray for somebody. You going over and saying, I just feel I should pray for you. You don't know what the state of that person is and what that's going to say to them because they may have been standing there saying, I wish somebody prayed for them, prayed for me. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Faith goes up. It's too bad. It's really too bad that church has turned into just this. Me talking, you receiving. That, that's not the New Testament idea of church. It was a body ministry. But we've gotten kind of stayed, and we've got an order, and we've got a clock, and we've got time, and we've got programs, and we've got an offering to take, and we've got all that stuff. But we're trying as much as we can here to bring this stuff in so that when you come in on Sunday, there might be an opportunity for God to actually do something amazing in our lives, through a word, through a sensation, or whatever, whatever it might be. So that's what I want to talk about today uh, in the area of healing. Um, so let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are a miraculous healing God. And that, Father, you can heal things. You can change things. You can deliver things. You can, Father God, make things that don't appear the way they should be, all of a sudden be changed to the way they should be. And Father, we just thank you for that, and we just invite that now, Holy Spirit. And Father, if there is anything that you want to do in this assembly right now, Father God, we just take a moment to open ourselves up to hear anything you might say to us as we come to you. If there's somebody you want to touch, if there's something you want to touch, there's something you want to do, Father. We just take a moment and just uh, listen, Lord. If there's a sensation, a picture, anything like that, just go to the microphone or stand up and Anyone get any kind of a picture? We don't have to. Like, I'm, like, honestly, this is trial and error, right? So there's no, I'm not going to be all crestfallen because nobody had a picture or anything. But we have to give the Holy Spirit opportunity, right? What's the sense of talking about this and you don't give it an opportunity? Amen. Um, so anyone have a sense of anything? Sense of uh, condition? Anything? Jerry. 
You won't go to the microphone, yeah. I thought that um, I shared, it came to me while you were talking about these uh, uh, revelational things, mm. like somebody has a bad arm or something or other, and um, kept coming to me to share something that happened. But I said, Lord, I've shared that before. Mm. And he said, there are new people here who haven't heard. Okay. We can't assume mm. that what we're saying has been said and you don't have to say it anymore. Yeah. This seems to be what he wants me to do now and not sharing something that happened. I didn't record it, but it's somewhere near 30 years ago. I've had a multitude of things the Lord has done for me. Yeah. I have no excuse for getting disappointed in the Lord. Yeah. So he said what you were talking about was that revelational thing. Mm. And um, this time, at, at that time, I used to have horrendous or bad migraine attacks. Mm. And I got up Sunday morning, and I was excited to go to church, and this thing come, and I said, oh, no. And it came, and uh, I had a, it was bothering me badly, so, but I went anyway. I said, I'll sit over in the corner way back <laughs> where it's quieter. It yeah. never was. But um, uh, I sat there, and I said, maybe I can get out of this and get, and get something or whatever. And... Um, the pastor's father-in-law, you might know him, Pastor Bill's father-in-law, Oswald Werner. Yep. Uh, he wasn't a pastor as such. He was a lay pastor, I guess. Mm. Anyway, he was up there with the pastor, and he said, he said, I'm somebody in here is now having a migraine headache. Mm. And I know I've told this, and, but there are new people who have never heard this, and that's okay. So the Lord has me here to do it, and I won't repeat myself one more time. But um, he said, there's somebody here with a migraine. If they will come up, the Lord is going to heal them. Hmm. Well, I had faith for the shot right up. Yeah. And I said, that's me. There you and, go. And I nearly ran up. Hmm. But I went up fast. Yes. And he laid hands on me, and he prayed for that to go away. Well, Guess what? It went away. Mm. It stopped at that point. Yes. I went. I went home. Uh, now it's been, uh, like say, nearly 30 years since I had a, a real yep. migraine headache. Now I've had regular headaches, and sometimes yeah. I'm a headache. But it doesn't matter. Uh, we're all here together, That's and right. I thank God for it. Yeah. But that, that was an example of revelational, like that or whatever it was you said. Yes. A word of knowledge yeah. and, and, and that that's how I, simple it is. Yeah, it's simple. I've had a multitude of things like that, and I, yeah. I don't want to take up any more time. That mm. One's good enough. I mean, thank you, Jerry. I mean, we, you've got to have faith, right? Um, and uh, just one thing I want to say. It says that thing about have faith of a mustard seed, have faith in God, and you will move this mountain. Well, some translations of that, and you have to do the study on it, Randy has, but, and I looked up the information. There are some translations that say the faith of God. Now, that's a very important distinction. Because if you think you need to have the faith to move mountains, what's the first picture that comes into your mind? I don't have that kind of faith. There's nobody in this room who's going to stand and say, yeah, I've got faith to move mountains. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many know that God has the faith to move a mountain? Ah, now you see. His faith. And when Jerry came up, his faith had gone up. And that man who said the word of God, or said the word of knowledge, having it be confirmed, guess what? He got the faith of God. And guess what happened? A healing happened. So it's not just dependent on how the faith that you have. It's the faith that God will give you at the moment to pray for something or to believe for something. But that's on a tangent, and that could go all day. But don't, don't feel that it's solely relying on you. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, anything, anything else? 
No, 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 he was, no, he was, no, he, no. He was talking about headache. Oh. Roseanne, you were going to say something? You can just come to the microphone, please. You know when you give words to people, is that the word of knowledge and prophecy working together? Yes. Because the word of knowledge is not only for healing, it could be for another situation, right? That's right. Okay, I just wanted to ask that. There's examples in the book where uh, Randy talks about world-class scientists who have been given with this one engineer who is constantly given words of knowledge about how to fix certain problems and the company keeps on bringing things they can't figure out to him because God gives them words of knowledge on it, words of how to do it. Um, the, when I pray over people, and you can, and some of you have done it too, where you just get a very clear picture of something. Sometimes it's a word of knowledge about a situation. I prayed for a young guy at the district conference, and he was going to be speaking at the church the next week uh, in Moncton. So I, he asked me to pray for him. I prayed for him, and I saw a picture of him being, he was like tethered to a rope, but he was flying around very free like a bird, but he was tethered. And I said this to him, and I'm praying for him. The next thing, he's on the floor crying. And he said to me afterwards, he said, I was praying for freedom to speak next week. You didn't know I was going to be speaking, and I was praying and I said, the tethering is that you are still under command to the pastor. You can't do whatever you want, but you are free to have a certain amount of mobility because you're still under the leadership of the church. Um, and so, you know, there's a word of knowledge. I didn't know that he was uh, dealing in that situation, and God gave that to me. And, uh, you know, and he went out and he sent me an email saying, it was incredible, and he had a great time preaching, and he's just starting in his ministry. Um, that's word of knowledge. And also a little bit prophetic in the sense this is what's going to happen. So, but, I mean, it's, it's a matter of just allowing ourselves to be open. That's all it comes down to. You don't have to have some special gifting, though some people do operate in it more than others. The, op the fact comes when you just start opening yourself. And, and not throwing off these little, what seem like coincidental things, little picture, little dream you had, or bring it in. Go to the microphone. Who knows? You might be speaking somebody's miracle, right? So, uh, any, anything else before we move on? No one's getting any sensations or anything. That's okay. You don't have to. But, you know, through the week, be listening. Try to make it something that you do. That, you know, you might even come in and write it down and give it to me and say, this is what somebody felt this week, or this is what somebody saw. If we want healing, we have to do something. We really have to have something change in the way that we approach that subject in just hoping that it happens but actually allowing God to use us in the process and, uh, and we can be somebody else's miracle. So, amen. Um, any more questions? We're okay? Uh, Jerry? Yeah. What about faith that would just in case that sort of thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's faith. Yeah, that's faith. So does somebody have an arm issue? <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> there we are, folks. Amen. Father, uh, for those with the arm issue, just want to stand up. And Father, we pray. This morning, for those who have stood who have an arm issue, Amen. Father God, we just pray right now. Yes, Lord. Uh, we pray mobility, Amen, Lord. Amen. strength, yes, Lord. Yes. the ability to move the arm like in a circular motion. Yes, Lord. 
And uh, Father, we just pray right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And we thank you for it, Father God. Does anyone have any notice of a difference at this point? Pain's gone. Um, and keep, one of the things with this is you keep on doing it until you get it. Keep exercising that arm and doing what is saying that you can't do with it. And say, in faith, I can do that. Is it, has anyone noticed any difference? Was there anybody with an immediate sense of pain that might have diminished or uh, mobility might have increased? Anybody? I'm going to pray one more time. Father, we just pray that, Lord, you would increase mobility, Amen. the ability to move. Yes. Father God, pain be released in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep believing. It doesn't have to happen right now. It could be an ongoing thing, and we'll come back next week. And if it's still there, we'll pray again. There is one story of them praying for a person for five hours, and nothing happened. I talked to you about it last week, and nothing happened. She went home, and then she got healed the next morning. Right? Can you imagine how discouraged these people were praying for her for five hours and nothing happened? Can you imagine what they were thinking about themselves? And then, boom, yeah, away it goes. Faith is a mysterious thing, and we have to unbox God. We've got to unbox him. I mean, the fact you all felt it, I felt it, that when it's not immediate, we go, oh, something in us just goes, oh, right? Isn't there? It's a human response. But we have to go above the human response and into the God sphere and say, God, your spirit is moving you obviously brought attention to an arm this morning, so there we go. Anyway, amen. Um, we'll take up an offering. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We pray you bless this, Lord, and just use it for the kingdom. Father, let us be blessed to be a, bl uh, be a blessing to others, Lord. We pray that you allow us to receive so we can give others, Father God. Father, we pray for your increase in that manner so that as we are blessed, others are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.